meeting is now being recorded. President Helfand, you may begin the retirement board meeting of November 8, 2023 at this time. Thank you. Um, Madam, would you call the roll, please? Mr. O'Connor. Present. Mr. Thomas. Present. President Helfand. Present, and Commissioner Sapai is on his way. Go ahead. Thank you, and Commissioner Bridges is on her way. Commissioner right. Driscoll? Present. Thank you. We do have a quorum. Great. Could you call the first item, please? Item number two, communications. We welcome the public's participation during public comment periods. There will be an opportunity for general public comment at this meeting after closed session, and there will be an opportunity to comment on each discussion or action item on the agenda. Each comment is limited to two minutes. Public comment will be taken both in person and remotely by call-in. For each item, the board will take public comment first from people attending the meeting in person and then from people attending the meeting remotely. Comments or opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by phone by calling 415-655-0001, access code 2660-256-8482, then pound and pound again. When connected, you will hear the meeting discussions, but you will be muted and in listening mode only. When your item of interest comes up, press star three to be added to the speaker line. Best practices are to call from a quiet location, speak clearly and slowly, and turn down your TV or radio. Please note that city policies along with federal, state, and local law prohibit discriminatory or harassing conduct against city employees and others during public meetings and will not be tolerated. Moreover, public comment is permitted only on matters within the jurisdiction of this meeting body. We thank you for joining us. Thank you. Madam Secretary, can you call the next item? Item number three, closed session, conference with legal counsel, existing litigation. Okay, before moving into closed session, we will take a vote to invoke the attorney-client privilege to go into the closed session for the pending litigation discussion. Is there a motion? So moved. It's been moved and seconded. Madam Secretary, can you call for public comment? Yes, we have no in-person public comment on this item. A reminder to any callers to please press star three to be added to the queue. Moderator, do we have any callers on the line? Madam Secretary, there are no callers on the line. Thank you, hearing no calls, public comment is now closed. Great, the motion's been made and seconded. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those, aye. those opposed, hearing none, we will now leave open session and proceed to closed session, which probably won't take too long.
President Helfand, we are recording. You may resume open session at this time. Great. Um, can you call? Uh, wait. Do we need to do a roll call first? In open session? Sure. Mic? Calling roll call, Commissioner O'Connor. Present. Commissioner Thomas. Commissioner Thomas, roll call. Present, sorry. Thank you. Commissioner Safai? Present. President Helfon? Present. Mr. Driscoll? Present. Mr. Bridges? Present. Thank you. The quorum is present. Great. Thank you. And um, so, we, is there a motion to disclose or not disclose the business that was transpired? I move not to disclose uh, closed session. Great. Is there, is there a second? Second. Okay. Madam Secretary, do you want to open roll call? Uh, personal comment? Do we have any in-person public, public comment on this item? Seeing none, a reminder any, to any callers to so please press star three to be added to the queue. Moderator, do we have any callers on the line? Madam Secretary, there are no callers on the line. Thank you. Hearing no calls, public comment is now closed. Okay, it's been moved and seconded. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Hearing none, move to call the next item, please. Item number four, general public comment. A reminder that public comment is limited to two minutes. Do we have any in-person public comment? See none. Callers, please press star three to be added to the queue. Moderator, are there any callers on the line? Madam Secretary, we have one caller on the line. Thank you. Caller, please state your name. Your two minutes begin when you speak. My name is Kevin McPherson. That last name is spelled M-C-P-H-E-R-S-O-N. And I'm here again this month to remind you that the San Francisco employee retirement system is the worst retirement system in the state, maybe even in the nation, for taking care of its disabled uh, retirees. I... Uh, applied for a industrial disability retirement one week shy of 31 months ago and i have yet to receive any information from you regarding my hearing coming up it's almost i was when i first applied i was told it would take 12 months when i inquired at 13 months they told me it would take up to two years when i when two years came about they said it'd be two years plus well we're almost coming up on three years so i have yet to hear that but i just want to let you guys know again you are you are five times slower than the average uh, retirement system in the state as far as processing these applications and you're twice as long or more than twice as long as the second worst uh, retirement system i just want to let you know that and keep that in mind because that should be a, a priority of yours if you don't have enough people you need to hire more people you can't do six, seven, eight a month. Well, you don't do eight a month. Six or seven every month and expect to get to a list of, I don't know how many there are because you have, haven't published how many people are on the list. When I ask, I'm not told how many people are on the list. Only thing I know is I was in the top 60, you know, a few months ago. But again, there's only been, 30 seconds uh, what? There's only been 15 people that have gotten their hearings in the time that I was told that I was in the top 60. So I, I could go for three years, a little over three years. So you need to, to do something about that for your retirees. Thank you. Thank you for your call. 
Moderator, do we have any further callers on the line? Madam Secretary, there are no other callers on the line. Thank you. Hearing no calls, public comment is now closed. Madam Secretary, you want to move on to item call item number five? Item number five, action item, approval of the minutes of the October 11, 2023 retirement board meeting. Move to approve the minutes. Thank you. Second? Is there a second? Second. Okay. Uh, can you call for public comment, Madam Secretary? We have no in-person public comment on this item. Moderator, are there any callers on the line? Madam Secretary, there are no callers on the line. Thank you. Hearing no calls, public comment is now closed. Okay. It's been moved and seconded. All those in favor, say aye. 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 Those opposed? Okay. Madam Secretary, do you want to call the next item? Item number six, action item, consent calendar. Do you want to call, um, is there a motion to approve the consent calendar? Uh, I, I'm happy to make the motion, but I'd like to briefly state, um, just uh, I went to a training, uh, at the NC Purse training, uh, colleagues over the last month, it's on this agenda item. And uh, one of the module, one of the things in it was modules one and two of the accredited fiduciary uh, training. I highly recommend it to my colleagues. It was one of the best trainings I've ever done. It's very demanding, you know, uh, has a lot of uh, math areas in it, but I just wanted to shout it out as a, a really good training and thank staff for the recommendation to, uh, to partake in that. Uh, and I, I'll move to adopt the consent. Great, thank you. And I appreciate the comments and um, we should all probably take more advantage of um, the work that staff does to present the opportunities to go to these conferences. So it's been moved and seconded. All those in favor, say aye. Aye. Those opposed, call the next item, please. Item number seven, action item. This item was continued from October 11, 2023 retirement board meeting. Approve Do, amendments. Can we hold off for a quick second? Uh, we didn't hear the second. Who gave the second on the last motion? I thought. Um, it's been seconded. Did you second the motion? I'll go ahead and second it, sure. Oh, okay. Thank so we you. didn't have a second. <laughs> okay. Approve amendments to purchase a public service policy. Board members, this was continued from last month. You may recall that the Board of Supervisors several months ago uh, passed an amendment to the public service ordinance which permitted members to apply for and purchase uh, U.S. military leave prior to the time they became members of SFRS. Um, in order to implement, we needed to update the public service policy, and that is what you have before you, including some cleanup language since it's been quite some time since we have reviewed it. I'm happy to answer any questions that any of you may have. Any questions? I, quick question, uh, Ms. Bornett. So with this current language that you're proposing, this will go into effect immediately? Absolutely. Okay. That's most important. If you pass it today, we are ready to 
post the updated application to purchase policy and an FAQ and to respond to the many members who have contacted us and expressed an interest in purchasing. Right, because I know you have a backlog in Q&A. That's why I asked the question. We do. Okay. We're ready. Thank you, um, Mr. Chair. Yep. Any further questions, comments? Two comments. One, um, there has been a lot of phone calls and interest since this was passed by the Board of Supervisors many months ago. Uh, I just know that the communications to the members who are going to be very interested in deciding to take advantage of this benefit has been great because there is more information besides what is written in the policy when it gets down to the simpler level what members can understand and apply and what to execute. The coordination with the CBSO is very valuable to us to make the process go smoother and faster because ver ver verifying you have the the service is what takes time. So the, the fix from the other policy or the current policy is, is, is wise and very much shall be much appreciated by the members. Uh, the other footnote I will make, this issue may come up again in a couple of years because unfortunately there were a very, very small group of members who were unfortunately not included because of the way they joined the San Francisco retirement system. So if we're able, able to change the charter to include those three or four people, uh, that was this issue may come up again because we're trying to be as open and helpful to all the members who work for the city of San Francisco. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioner, before you vote, I, I would like to state for the record, I want to thank the Veterans Services Office for helping us because to implement this and get it ready to um, present to the members has been quite a challenge. Uh, since we're unfamiliar with the with the military pension process and they have been extremely helpful um, and they continue to be and they will be helpful going forward so I really did want to state on the record how uh, grateful we are for their assistance in, in, in helping us to prepare this policy and the implementation um, FAQs thank you so noted and if you if, if you're pleased and thankful we are too so could we have a motion please move to adopt the policy as amended. So a second. Second. It's been moved and seconded. All the, uh, you want to call public comment, sorry. We have no in-person public comment on this item. A reminder to any callers to please press star three to be added to the queue. Moderator, are there any callers? Madam Secretary, there are no callers on the line. Thank you, hearing no calls, public comment is now closed. It's been moved and seconded. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Motion passes. You want to call item number eight? Item number eight, discussion item, governance committee report. Uh, item number nine, which follows, will cover actually most of what was accomplished at the governance committee meeting. The other item that's not may not be clearly showing up here is that the coordination between board education and staff education was one of the other issues I raised, particularly on the issue of improving our decision process. So that's also will be worked nonstop over the next couple of years. The, the training schedule goes that far out. But again, we may also made two, one term of reference change and one policy change, which are covered in item number nine. Okay, and since this is a uh, discussion only item, I think should we just segue into 
nine. Is public, that a, public comment first. Yeah, we'll ask for public. But is that, a, everybody approve that? Doing that? Okay. Let's have public comment on eight, and then we'll go right into nine. Thank you. Uh, we have no in-person public comment on this item. Moderator, are there any callers on the line? Madam Secretary, there are no callers on the line. Thank you. Hearing no calls, public comment is now closed. Item number nine, action item, revisions to board policies. Gotcha. I had to do it once. Uh, <laughs> Commissioners, as uh, Commissioner Driscoll uh, noted in the Governance Committee meeting, we reviewed uh, two policies which they recommended to bring before the full board for approval. Um, first is the undue influence policy. Um, this simply hadn't been in the batch of policies that we had updated uh, earlier this year, um, so the intent was to uh, revise that to bring it up to, to make it current, consistent with the other policy changes. The second one was amending the uh, Operating Oversight Committee Terms of Reference. In May of 2021, before I joined, the Operating Oversight Committee had approved changes to uh, their Terms of Reference to add additional responsibilities, which I think have a lot of merit to review strategic planning, uh, data security, quality assurance project, uh, and, and IT issues. Um, so they had approved it, but it had not made it before the Governance Committee or the full board. So I'm just merely pulling through what had already been proved by the Operation Oversight uh, Committee. So those are the two uh, policies before you, and the red lines are in the materials. I'm uh, happy to answer any questions that you may have. Uh, <coughs> Joe, do you have uh, any comments on the item? Joe, do you have any comments on this item? Not on number nine, no. Okay, so that would be not on eight. Okay. Any, can um, we have a motion, please? I move adoption of the change to the term of reference and to the undue influence policy. Second. Great. Okay, you want to call public comment, Madam Secretary? Yes, we have no in-person public comment on this item. Moderator, are there any callers on the line? Madam Secretary, there are no callers on the line. Thank you. Hearing no calls, public comment is now closed. Okay. Um, let's have a, it's been moved and seconded. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Okay, call number 10, please. Item number 10, action item, board education plan. Commissioners, I've discussed in uh, prior meetings, I have the responsibility along with our governance com consultant, uh, Ashley Dunning, who is joining us remotely, to conduct an annual by education needs assessment and then develop a board education plan. Thank you to all who responded to our survey so that we could conduct that uh, assessment. We presented to the governance committee the result of that survey and put forward a board education plan. And to be consistent with the way that we're working with committees where the committees do the work and then we bring forward the recommendation from the committee, I'm gonna to focus today on the board education plan. The full presentation to the committee is behind that in the materials with the results of the survey. I wasn't planning to go through that, but certainly if there are any questions, um, please let me know. And, and Ashley, again, is online to, to address questions as well. With respect to the board education plan, I'll hit the highlights. So, um, if we could uh, 
go to the next slide, thank you. We design an education plan around the areas of focus that uh, our policy has identified as uh, important and then you, the board, has prioritized in terms of where you're interested to learn more. So topics of governance and decision making, fiduciary responsibility, pension fund investments, DC plan risk management, and actuarial funding matters. All the other items below that certainly are important, but the, the, the six that I mentioned were the ones that you all had prioritized. So with that in mind and the, the uh, input on all, all the questions in our survey, we've developed a board education plan that the governance committee supported. Turning to the next slide, what we propose that to entail would be in 2024, a half-day session, uh, an off-site session where we would cover topics on governance and decision quality, an investment market topic, and fiduciary duties and actuarial funding. We will continue as we have uh, on-site education, doing fiduciary training and board meetings, and um, making an effort to continue to include investment topics in IC meetings. I think we have one on the calendar for, for this spring um, already planned. We would follow that in 2025 with another half-day off-site educational workshop, and there we would cover the other topics that you had all highlighted as important DC plan design, risk management, and, and global market trends. Those are the um, official events that we would uh, put forward. In addition to that, moving to the next slide, we will continue to refine uh, our onboarding and training of new trustees. Um, we will focus on the monthly training calendar that Nassiman puts together to make sure that we include uh, where we find them available, more remote learning opportunities, so there are web where there are webinars or sessions that you can attend remotely and be efficient with your time and make sure that you're aware of those and also look for a broader set of conferences. Commissioner Thomas, thank you for your comments uh, earlier. That was a nice segue into um, um, the, the, the training that we put together in the, the Nassiman report uh, each month at the CEO survey. Um, but I do want to continue to encourage board members to attend conferences. As you'll recall, in the travel and education policy, board members are encouraged to attend at least one uh, conference a year with five hours of content, and overall in a year have about eight hours of training. So um, there's great information in that CEO report, and if you have any questions on any of those trainings, uh, I'm certainly happy to answer those. That is the short and sweet summary of the uh, uh, education plan, and again, the results of the survey are behind that. I open it up to the uh, commissioners for any questions that you may have. Uh, I just want to also point out that uh, one for one nice sign of uh, the high quality of consultants and staff that we have is that it's very frequent that when I go to any of these training seminars that either our staff or sometimes even Ashley are key presenters on, uh, uh, presenting on these subject matter expertise. So it's good to see um, that we've got uh, a, a big uh, depth of talent um, supporting SFers to the point where other pensions are coming to take advice from them. I'd like to move to adopt uh, the board education plan. I'd second. Okay. Madam Secretary, do you want any other comments, by the way? Thank you, Allison. Um, Madam Secretary, do you want to ask for public comment? Thank you. We have no in-person public comment on this item. Moderator, do we have any callers on the line?
callers. If you have not already done so, please press star three to be added to the queue. Moderator, do we have any callers on the line? We have no callers on the line. Public comment is now closed. Thank you. It's been moved and seconded. Those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Great. Thanks for that work. So, you want to call nine, uh, 11, please? Item number 11, action item, consideration of remote public comment. Okay. Um, I, I want to say a preamble here. Um, in my due diligence on, uh, in terms of how to approach this, this item, I, I did my own personal due diligence. And, um, and I've, I've changed it. And actually, I'll tell you why. Um, I got a number of calls this morning, and uh, which is good. I'm, I'm always welcome to calls. And all commissioners should. But Commissioner Safai said something that really resonated with me and changed my position. I'm not against, I wasn't against it. I just, in balancing how we, our position as the retirement system and how I see the retirement, we see the retirement system as an entity with its own balance sheet and the whole thing. Um, I thought this was maybe not the item to fall out of the ranks with the city. However, in talking to a number of commissioners, there, there was, a, 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 there seemed to be a, a preference to stay the course as it is. And I'm now staying the course. I'm going to recommend we stay the course as it is because Commissioner Safai reminded me that our constituency is spread far and wide. They're retirees. And they may be in Europe, they may be in Asia, wherever. And so that one fact made me, and, and I'm going to, any discussion I might have had with any of you, I'm, I'm changing my position. So thank you. Yep. Thank you, President Helfond. Um, as somebody that sits on the Board of Supervisors, and we've had this debate quite extensively, um, unfortunately, we removed a remote public comment recently. As a result, a lot of um, that was triggered by uh, a tremendous amount of hate speech that was coming in an organized fashion from all over the country. And it was not just targeting San Francisco. Um, we, we are on a volume of public comment that is very different than here. And so we have the mechanism for people to write emails, to show up in person, to visit us, to see us at events, to, set, to DM us on social media, post on social media. Like there are so many ways for people to express themselves and, and let it be known their positions. Mm -hmm. This body is very different and it really struck home to me and I know I'm one of the people that said in terms of the arguments of our overall economy, I fundamentally believe returning to the office in a balanced way, respecting people's live work life is very um, important. Um, but for this body, when you see people that have to fly in from Virginia, for example, to just get on the docket to present public comment for an investment that we have there, or in the past when I've been on this body, individuals have come up that were being laid off from Toys R Us. It doesn't seem fair and equitable given the technology that we have today and the investments that we have all over the world 
uh, we should be able to use public comment in this forum. And that's essentially what we said at the board. We weren't saying you have to do uh, remote public comment for every, or stop it for every entity. Our body, um, as I said, has many mechanisms uh, to, to present. Uh, but for this body, I think it's important that we keep uh, remote public comment. And then, you know, as President Helfon said, a lot of our retirees live all over the world. And, and that's just the nature of having a $33 billion plus uh, investment fund. Um, so I'm we've got a couple billion more than you. We're 35 now? No, I know. Are we? Yeah. I mean, it just keeps going up. <laughs> anyway, you understand the argument. Um, so I, I just, I want to be clear because I've, I've said things in the past, um, felt very strongly about it, and we've been able to implement that at the Board of Supervisors. We leave the door open. Uh, for, for changes in the future. But for this body, I think it's important that we, we have remote public comment. So I, I will be voting to maintain re remote public comment in this setting. Thank you. And thank you, President Helfon, for listening to my position. No, thank you for your comments. Uh, I'm sure, is any other comments on this? No, uh, uh, Mr. President, I concur with the, um, the sentiment because we do have retirees all over, and they're global. Right. And there are some that really cannot, because of disabilities, cannot come in. Right. So we have to keep that in mind because people are, you know, have different challenges whereby they can't um, come in to make public comment. So I think it's important that we meet them where they are and provide the services that are needed. I would just like to interject that even if you do end remote public comment, it would still be available to persons with disabilities right. who apply. Right. Right. Yeah. right. And you know, the reality, in my mind, the reality is, is this, this item's going to present right. itself over the next year or two years as we all come back to work, as we all redefine how we're all operating, how we do business and the like. So I think we're, this is the first step. Uh, I just want to echo the comments made the last time we uh, discussed this and also what some of my colleagues have said. I think that the um, impact on our, our meetings and progress uh, is minimal, and given the the, um, uh, the the unique role of retirees and, 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 and as stakeholders in the system that we're discussing, it's very important to uh, uh, provide an opportunity for them to comment um, in a manner that uh, that seems to be working so far. Uh, and and I, I also am sympathetic to the discussion that was just had uh, regarding. Um, providing remote presentation for certain investments. Uh, you know, we need to do that as a function of, uh, of the type of body we are um, and, and affording commenters the same sort of uh, privilege of remote uh, comments <coughs> as we do investment presentation or, or, or consultants, et cetera, seems reasonable at this time. But to what Commissioner Hel uh, President Helfand said, this is a dynamic environment. It's something that we're consistently looking at and revisiting. So it, it's good that we're keeping an eye on it. And, and it's, I'm happy to hear that, um, that other areas within San Francisco are also updating policies. So I appreciate staff bringing this before us. But I'll likely be uh, voting as well for uh, continuing with current practice. Comment: uh, <clears throat> There is a cost and a value to maintaining as transparent as pos reasonably possible, as well as an open and democratic meeting process. I know we have high expectations when any of our managers or general partners, when we want to talk to them, we expect them to listen to us. It goes on the other side as well, to engage, to maintain our 
confidence and support from our members whom we have a duty to serve if this is the way to, with this remote access gives them the confidence to support us as well as listen to what we do and how we make our decisions then it's a reasonable cost to achieve the value that apparent appears apparent to everybody thank you I, I want to put in something parenthetical here this is only one item in the concept of how we're doing our business and um, CEO Romano and I have been talking with various stakeholders, various organizations in the city to try and balance how we're working and how they're working. And that involves a good portion of how our constituency comes to see us, how, where we're located, and the like. So this is just the tip of the iceberg. Stay tuned. <laughs> Um, any further comment? If not, do you want to open up for public comment, please? We have no in-person public comment on this item. A reminder to any callers to please press star three to be added to the queue. Moderator, are there any callers on the line? Madam Secretary, we have one caller on the line. Thank you. Caller, please state your name. Your two minutes begin when you speak. Hello, my name is Fred Sanchez. I'm the president of Protect Our Benefits. Uh, the comments that have made, been made so far are very encouraging. Uh, just seeing that Ashley Dunning is standing by remotely so that she can answer questions is a perfect example on why the retirement system is so unique. They, yes, they have retirees all over the world and they have investments all over the world. So taking a tool out of your toolbox at this time really doesn't make sense. Uh, I applaud you once again. That's why I continue to praise the retirement system board as one of the best run departments in not only the city and county of San Francisco, but in the state and in the nation, it's an outstanding retirement system. I hope that you will all vote unanimously to maintain remote public comment, and I thank you all. Thank you for your call. Moderator, do we have any further callers? Madam Secretary, there are no further callers on the line. Thank you. Hearing no further callers, public comment is now closed. Motion. We have a motion to continue as we are today. Mr. Into President, uh, I move that we continue our current process with remote access uh, for our members and beneficiaries. Second. Okay. Um, we have, I'm sorry I put public comment in front. But anyhow, it's been moved and seconded. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Uh, actually, sorry, let's do a Roll call vote, please. Commissioner O'Connor. Aye. Commissioner Thomas. Aye. Commissioner Safai. Aye. President Halfon. Aye. Commissioner Driscoll. Aye. Commissioner Bridges. Aye. Thank you. We have six ayes. Motion Great. passes. Thanks. Unanimity is good. We want to call <coughs> item 12, please. Item number 12, discussion item, Chief Executive Officer's Report. 
Commissioners, in my report, you'll find the standard items uh, that are there uh, every quarter, including the forward calendar and the uh, list of available training that I referenced earlier. To highlight on the forward calendar, we have an upcoming um, personnel committee meeting on December 6th that I'll, I'll coordinate with that committee on shortly. Um, we also have a quarterly travel expense report, and um, Karen will discuss the Q3 management operations dashboard. Commissioners, as you know, each quarter we provide you with a snapshot of um, the retirement services work during the quarter. Um, you have that before you. I did want to point out that um, we have been working with the city attorney's office and in order to um, flesh out uh, the disability retirement applications and where they all stand at a certain point in time. And uh, this month or this quarter, we have actually um, discovered um, when we were drilling down on the status of some of these that there are um, quite a few, in excess of 50, that are dormant, and I'll explain that in a second, and that there we have been carrying about 18 that have been canceled. So let's start with the easy ones. Over the course of, uh, I guess during COVID, uh, we had applications that the members or themselves or CalPERS, for those who are um, a CalPERS member, canceled. And we did not remove them from our books. So since those are no longer pending, we will remove them at the end of this meeting, we wanted to tell you that, you know, as of right now, we've been carrying them on the books. Um, and so you, we will have removed those 18. The dormant applications are a little more complicated. Those are cases, and, and some of you may recall, this was started, this project was started before um, the COVID shutdown, where we were going through cases. We have some that are over 10 years old that nothing has happened um, in spite of our trying to find them. And so we were in the process of going through them and we were going to make recommendations to the board to um, dismiss some of them without prejudice. And with COVID we, uh, that, and lack of staff, we did not move forward. But uh, we wanted to present to you that we have about 51 of those. Many of those were already evaluated prior to the shutdown. And so working with the city attorney's office, we're going to um, present to you um, in the next few months uh, a process that we hope you will uh, approve where we can dismiss these without prejudice. And I'm happy to answer any questions. Basically two questions. I'll do the dormant one. <clears throat> you then see that there would be a communications to that applicant that were about their case. We're going to close it or just file it or something like that. Well, we can do it. What what's, if, if you understand? They told us right. that they're not pursuing it, yeah. <laughs> and so, we just didn't remove it from our books. Yeah, because I know there's been cases where we've voted to just close the case, but without them uh, sacrificing their right to come back and apply if they wish. That's different. That's different. That is a di that's different. The, the canceled cases are situations where the member themselves or CalPERS has notified us 
that the applications have been, for all intents and purposes, withdrawn. Okay, well, those, those other ones I remember we would occasionally see that it's, well, this dormant thing is obviously, there's something about you're, that we're going to drop the caseload or the, without them sacrificing their, their right. That's what I'm not understanding. So the dormant cases are cases where nothing has happened, it, it, despite efforts on our part to move the case along. We're working with the city attorney's office. We're kind of reviewing what um, Mr. McGuire and Ms. Millen um, worked on before the shutdown, and we will come up with a process that we will present to you where we will request that these cases that have not been moved will be dismissed without prejudice, and absolutely there will be a notification to the last known address for yeah. the member. In some of these cases, these people are gone. Cecilia, I'm sure you have something to add. Oh, that is what I was going to add. You already covered it. Okay. It'll be done with an effort to communicate to the member. Okay, that's quite Okay, now, the number that I'm concerned about, um, and thank you for adding this further breakdown. And the awaiting hearing mm -hmm. row. Yes. That means applicant and their representative, as well as the city, they have, both sides have filed their readiness to proceed, correct? Yes, and we are coordinating to get a okay. hearing date. Now, maybe it's seasonal why that number has climbed the last two months. I'm just wondering, looking at the case count and noticing the names of all the judges, is there some sort of a bottleneck there that the resources, the availability of judges? I can't speak to the last couple of months. I can say, and again, you can chime in, there are occasions when the hearing officers are, um, their resources are uh, directed to uh, what is considered something more urgent, and so for uh, some months um, they they are focused on that, and so we have fewer hearings. But do you have an answer for current? Oh, yeah. I was just going to say that at present, I think we have the right number of hearing officers and hearing slots. Uh, but certainly, if we have more cases going to hearing, we could explore getting additional ones. But I think we do have the right number at this time. So if they're waiting hearing and it's going to be it's going to be set, maybe set a couple months out. But we do have enough slots for everybody. And 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 to your point, and maybe what's unclear here is a waiting hearing also includes cases that have been set for hearing and just have not been heard yet. So it's not just we're we're working to get a date, but a fair number of these already have a hearing date. Okay. Well, the analogy is not to the pacing of cash flows among private equity, but when I see the number going up, I'm just wondering, is it a seasonal issue because of retirement, or is there a couple of judges had too much longer cases? I mean, I'll just watch the number, but just seeing it rising, it, it usually say, it indicates a, a different resource or a different priority issue when it goes from 16 to 31, okay? And if it's well, going to go down, great. I was going to say that we are processing them more quickly, okay. so that's also why there are more. Okay, well, that's, again, it's the first time I've seen the numbers this way. So looking for that progress, it goes to the issue of how well and quickly we're able to service the members. Thank you. That was all I had for the CEO Great. report. Any further, any questions, comments? This is a discussion item. 
And so let's just do public comment, please. Thank you. We have no in-person public comment on this item. Moderator, do we have any callers on the line? Madam Secretary, there are no callers on the line. Thank you. Hearing no calls, public comment is now closed. Great. Um, so do you want to call item 13? Yes, item number 13, discussion item, Deferred Compensation Committee report. Yes. Can you please turn on your mic? I think it is on. Isn't that? Oh, okay. Thank you, uh, Mr. Chair and um, Madam Secretary. The Deferred Compensation uh, Committee met on October 4th, um, and you have the report in front of you. Out of that meeting, we are reporting to the board uh, two items uh, for uh, uh, recommending two items for for you to vote on and approve those two items will be we'll have a subsequent discussion in the next few items by Ms. Chewy Justin and Callum will present you the full uh, presentation but the two items that we're reporting to you is to approve uh, the Vanguard cash reserves money market fund as an underlying investment for the SFDCP target date funds and the second item that we're reporting to the board for approval is to move the fidelity low price stock fund Northern Trust S&P 500 Index and Northern Trust MSCI Index Fund into the low-cost uh, CIT vehicles. So you are receiving those today as full recommendations uh, henceforth. In addition to that, we discussed, um, as we as outlined in my report, um, the active large-cap fund and the SFDCP manager report. And I would like to commend Ms. Chui Justin, her team, along with um, our CEO and uh, executive director for really giving us comprehensive research and working with Callan to come up with these recommendations that we're forwarding to you today. So thank you to you and your team and to our consultant Callan for all the hard work. So thank you and that ends my report. Thank you. Is there any questions for Commissioner Bridges? If not, this was a discussion item. Public comment, please. Uh, thank you. We have no in-person public comment on this item. Moderator, do we have any callers on the line? Madam Secretary, there are no callers on the line. Thank you. Hearing no calls, public comment is now closed. Okay. Um, before I call the next item, we call the next item to commissioners. And do you want to grab the lunch and bring it back and, and do it here take a five maybe a 10 minute break right now is that good all right okay so madam secretary we'll do 10 minutes there you go
Back in order, please, and do a roll call. This meeting is resuming. Roll call, Commissioner O'Connor. Present. Commissioner Thomas. Present. Commissioner Safai. Present. President Helfon. Present. Commissioner Driscoll. Present. Commissioner Bridges. Present. The quorum is present. Great, and um, I will, uh, I guess not apologize, but uh, we are to make it a practice efficiency to eat while we're, if that's not, and what we should do is what the supervisors do, you have, do you still have your little bullpen where you go sit out and if you eat, well, anyway. Okay. They don't provide us food. We don't get food unless we're staying late. So can we call the next item, please? Yes, item number 14, action item, SFDCP, TDF, money market fund recommendation. Thank you, Chair Bridges, and, and thank you very much for those kind words earlier. Uh, commissioners, feel free to eat. I do not want to stand in the way of you and lunch. So I'm happy to uh, go over these um, items today. Um, as you recall, we transitioned to T-Row prices management of our SFDCP targeted funds and are happy to report that the final tranche has been completed and so that the glide path is officially in its design and targeted state. Uh, we also hired TRP to perform tactical asset allocation as part of the mandate to take advantage of the market opportunities as they present themselves. So as part of that, TRP will need a cash bucket to make these asset allocation changes for optimization. And they've worked with Callan in choosing um, a mutual fund for the dry powder needed for those adjustments. So after a lengthy um, search process uh, and in coordination with staff, Callan is recommending the Vanguard Cash Reserves Money Market Fund, and Greg Ungerman is here today to present the methodology of the search as well as the rationale for this specific underlying investment of the target date funds. This item, um, as Chair Bridges had noted, was presented to the Deferred Compensation Committee, and it was forwarded with a recommendation of approval to the full board. So this is more of just an FYI and to request approval so that we may move forward. With that said, Mr. Ungerman, um, please begin. Thank, thank you and good afternoon, Commissioners. Uh, slide one really captures the, the thrust of the entire presentation uh, on one slide. As we always try to summarize uh, the background and rationale, and as Ms. Chu Justin just mentioned, this really is a, uh, a tool for T. Rowe Price, your target date manager, to use money market fund as a you know, safe, uh, safety, uh, from a safety perspective. Uh, if they don't like stocks or bonds, they can use this allocation. They've estimated it'll be between zero and $50 million across all the target date funds. Keep in mind the target date funds in total are about a billion dollars, so it's a pretty small amount uh, in the grand scheme of things. The key objective that we looked for is liquidity, so tr being able to trade in and out, uh, as well as safety, uh, so not losing money. Uh, the new, and a, as a reminder, this is just for the target date funds. It's not meant to be in the core lineup to, uh, for participants to access, just for uh, T. Rose target date usage. Uh, we completed a search. Uh, uh, as mentioned, there were three finalists. Uh, you can see Federated Hermes uh, and then two Vanguard money market funds. One's a treasury, the other one's the cash reserves. 
and ultimately the recommendation was made and approved by the DCC um, to move forward with the Vanguard Cash Reserves Money Market Fund. Uh, the supporting rationale is at the very bottom of one. It's very low cost at 10 basis points. It's performed very well relative to other, on a net basis, relative to other money market funds. Uh, and it, the, it doesn't have a minimum. And it, it's roughly just over $100 billion in assets. So it's very, very liquid um, from that perspective. And finally, it trades on the Voya platform. So it can be plug it's already plugged in, uh, ready to go. So I'll stop there, see if there's any questions. The bulk of the presentation does a deep dive on the process, candidates, uh, returns, and, and you'll see the cash reserves has done a very nice job relative to the other alternatives. Commissioners, any questions? Joe, any questions? No, I think the committee has other plans for the future as well as this. Okay. That's the. That's the item. Yes, and so we are requesting approval. I'm sorry. So, uh, so uh, Mr. President, I move that we adopt staff's recommendation to approve uh, Vanguard Cash Reserves Money Market Fund as the underlying investment for the SFDCP target date funds. Second. Okay, it's been moved and seconded. We don't have uh, public comment, please. We have no in-person public comment on this item. A reminder to any callers to please press star three to be added to the queue. Moderator, do we have any callers on the line? Madam Secretary, there are no callers on the line. Thank you. Hearing no calls, public comment is now closed. Okay, it's been moved and seconded. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Motion carries. Um, do you, are you going to take off? Shall yeah, Luke. Right. Yeah, okay. I'm going to take off. Thank you. Thank There's you for. Good to see you. Thank you. There's one more action item. Madam Secretary, do you want to call the next item? Yes, item number 15, action item investment fee benchmarking analysis. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Armanino. The next item, commissioners, is the results of our recent investment um, fee benchmarking analysis. As you know, the plan periodically instructs Callan to do this um, every couple of years to ensure that we are in the lowest share class possible and that we are maximizing our scale in relation to fees. Also, opportunities may arise that were not previously there before, and that is the case that we are presenting to the committee today. Um, after uh, this analysis, Callan has identified uh, three additional ways to save um, nearly $400,000 that can be passed directly back to the participants. So the DCC heard this recommendation also in October and um, forwarded unanimously to the full board with a recommendation for approval. Um, it should be noted that it will take some time to review the new contracts required for these new vehicles. So we are targeting a rollout of hopefully before the annual rebalance that takes place in January. So with that said, I'd like to turn it over to Mr. Ungerman to talk a little bit about the methodology of the analysis and specifically uh, where those savings will be coming from. Mr. Ungerman. Yeah, th thank you. Um, so slide one uh, just jumps right into the methodology and just to kind of level set of what we're 
asked to do here is really just to ensure that for all the different investments that you're offering to participants by those investment managers, that you're in the lowest cost available vehicle that's daily valued, day, you know, daily traded, um, that that manager offers. Um, so really it's a, it's a proactive step to reach out to those managers because sometimes they come out with new share classes, new vehicles from a mutual fund to a CIT. So we just want to be in, uh, uh, um, positive that we're very thorough in that manner. The other aspect we take a look at is how the fund's fees rank relative to a peer group, so the other types of funds. Now, again, there's no performance looking in. All those performance reports that we look at are always net of fees, uh, but it's just a different lens. You, there's no requirement that you offer the cheapest uh, investment product to your participants because there's certainly a value proposition to be had. But we also want to pay attention, you know, is, is, are the fees reasonable relative to the other, uh, other um, uh, manufacturers or investment managers' fees? So with that backdrop, I'd turn your attention to slide two. Uh, and just to, you know, just to kind of orient ourselves, this is a table of all the investment options that participants have access to. The target date funds at the very first row, you can see we've collapsed them all into one, so it's just over $900 million. The average expense ratio is 35 basis points. Uh, and just to highlight, it's included in the very bottom, but that was a re fee reduction from the previous GlidePath manager uh, to the tune of about five basis points. So that equated to $440,000 of savings as an example. Uh, so you can see the 35 basis points. The peer group median fee over in the very far right-hand column is 47. In the back of this report, it breaks out all the different funds, and you see the distribution of fees for um, investment funds that are very similar category. So as you move, uh, when you look at the net of fee uh, column right next to the peer group median fee, you can see, in fact, they're all cheaper than the median uh, peer group fee. Uh, I highlighted there's one in blue, uh, which is the core bond fund. This is one example, and Baird is the underlying mutual fund. There is five basis points of revenue share. So ultimately, uh, the, the expense ratio is 30, but Baird only keeps 25. The five extra basis points goes back to the plan uh, for plan expenses. Does it go to the plan or to the participant? Mm -hmm. We, we're working with Voya to explore uh, sending that back to the participant. At this stage, it just stays with the plan. Thank you. Um, so the net fee is really the the at the end of the day the the, the fee we're really focused on. Uh, and again, you can see a very uh, a very strong uh, comparison to the peer group. I'll turn your attention, uh, and then lastly, um, so there's no outliers, and I already documented the, uh, the fee decrease from the target date, uh, switch in target date managers. I was gonna skip over the detail uh, on the subsequent slide and move to the punchline on slide four. Uh, we did identify three funds in the plan that have an identical vehicle that's just a little lower cost. Uh, so the investment strategy, investment team are identical. Uh, it's just a new access uh, to the plan for a lower fee option. Uh, the Fidelity low price, you'll see the current assets. This is a mutual fund. The net fee is 74 basis points. Uh, there's a CIT available now. 
uh, at 48 basis points. So you can see we've done the math, and this is an annualized savings. That's going to change over time uh, of roughly 328,000. Uh, the two other funds are both index funds uh, by Northern Trust. Uh, and again, you could see much smaller uh, fee savings, but nonetheless uh, a fee decrease for participants. So the bottom line is those three funds are, are documented on the very bottom of page four, uh, and we don't see any reason to not move forward uh, with these lower uh, share classes of the same ex exact investment um, fund. I just want to make one comment. Obviously, monitoring fees is a duty to the participants. That's one, too. It is one of the most common lawsuits, items that come up all the time. The sponsors were not paying attention to the fees. The thing about it is wonderful to try and pursue the lowest range of fees, but if a manager has below the median fees, that sounds good. But if their performance is also below the median, that's not good. So it's a dual act of watching this balance about the fees and performance, the peak performance, because it's the net of that is what goes to participants. So we do look at both numbers, not just simply the best possible low fee. Thank you. Good point. And I had one other, just from a documentation standpoint on page five, just to round out. These are the component funds that T. Rowe uses in the target date funds that don't have participant direct access. Uh, just note there's two that do have revenue share. Again, on a net basis, this is cheaper than the other vehicles uh, that they offer without revenue share. So it's just, it's a little bit more of a housekeeping item, uh, but that evaluation certainly is always important and something we keep fresh. So I'll stop there and see if there's any questions. Otherwise, uh, we would move forward with recommending uh, the three uh, share class changes. Any questions? Comments? Commissioners? No questions, uh, Mr. President. Uh, I move that we adopt uh, staff's recommendation to move Fidelity Low Cost uh, Stock Fund, Northern Trust, and S&P Index, and Northern Trust, MSCI, EFA Index, and to the low cost CIT vehicles. Second. Okay. Um, Madam Secretary, public comment. We have no in-person public comment on this item. A reminder to any callers to please press star three to be added to the queue. Moderators, do we have any callers on the line? Madam Secretary, there are no callers on the line. Thank you. Hearing no calls, public comment is now closed. Okay, before I ask the question, I'd like to extend thanks to Commissioner um, Bridges for the work that D DC does and Diane and your group. Thank you. Any, Thank you. And any committee that comes up with four hundred thousand dollars of creative funds is a hero <laughs> or a heroine. Okay, uh, it's been moved and seconded. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Those opposed? Uh, motion passes. Okay, so we are now on 50, 17. 16. Six, 16, sorry. Okay. Item number 16, discussion item, San Francisco Deferred Compensation Plan, Quarterly Plan Review. 
Thank you, Ms. Armanino. Uh, Commissioners, this is my last item today for you uh, as part of the DC calendar. This is the quarterly report. As you know, I give you a monthly report. Uh, the quarterly report is designed to be uh, more comprehensive in nature. Uh, so you can see sort of the business more holistically, and it covers the four pillars uh, uh, of investment and marketing and operations and the record keeper. Um, so just a brief update here um, on the investments. You've already heard uh, that the target fund, GlidePath, um, uh, allocations have reached their targeted amounts. Uh, those targeted amounts can be found in the memo uh, that I've attached here. I also wanted to reiterate uh, the stable value crediting rate. As you may have recalled last month, I did mention to you that the crediting rate of 2.9% does remain the same for the quarter. So it remained the same from Q3 into Q4. It is guaranteed through the end of the year and will be reset uh, in Q1 of 2024. The reason why there was no change was because despite the increase in yields of the underlying fixed income, there was a decrease in the market-to-book ratio. So one offsets the other. Um, if there are more questions on stable value, Greg Ungerman can discuss those, and I'd like to give the board a opportunity to ask any questions before moving to the next pillar. Any questions? No. All right. Excellent. Thank you. Um, and so um, I'm going to just, um, I was going to skip around so that we can talk about the retirement uh, FOMO thing last. So if we move on to the operations pillar, I wanted to share with the committee that the IRS has finally announced. We've been waiting for them. Generally, they make the announcement in October, and they waited until November 1st, but they have announced a modest $500 increase in contribution limits for 2024. It's important to know that there was no increase for the catch-up contribution amount, which is those who are age 50 and over. They get to contribute an additional 7,500 on top of the annual contribution amount. So there was no change there. Um, as you can see in the memo before you on page eight, you will see the contribution limits from 2023 and to 2024. So for those who are under age 50, the maximum is now 23,000. For those who are age 50 and up, the maximum is now 30,500. And for those who are eligible for a special contribution, a contribution uh, which is, is for those who are within three years of their normal retirement age, you can contribute up to twice the annual limit, which is now 46,000. So this information will be communicated, obviously, to our participants. And we also work very closely with the city departments to make sure they get that information out as well to their respective employees. So we generally see a bit of an uptake in, 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 in January as a result of this. In addition to the uh, contribution increase, I want to share a uh, uh, update with the board. As a result of um, the recent passing of Secure 2.0, so uh, one of the provisions within Secure 2.0 uh, basically no longer requires required minimum distributions for those who are subject to them, those who are age 73 and above. Now, um, in, in, in the past, 
Uh, if you had a Roth IRA, which is very different from an employer-sponsored plan, Roth IRAs were not subject to RMDs, but employer-sponsored plans like the SFDCP were. And so to meet that requirement, the plan has in place to automatically deduct the amount required for the RMD specific to that person every year, and they make that in the form of a check. Now, with this recent change of Secure 2.0, those RMDs are no longer required. So for those retirees who really don't need that additional income or prefer to keep it invested for capital preservation or for legacy, they now have the option to not take those distributions. Uh, we wanted to make sure that these retirees were aware that this was happening. Um, so in the instance that they did not want to take RMDs in 2024, they would have to convert their account to a Roth account prior to the end of the year so they do not have to take RMDs in 2024. So as a result of that, as you can see in the memo, we did send out a specific direct mail postcard to those specific retirees or terminated employees to inform them that should they want to do a Roth conversion by the end of the year to mitigate 2024 RMDs that they would have until December 15th to do so. Now there's a lot that goes into whether or not you want to do a Roth conversion. There are obviously upfront taxes that you would have to consider. So this is something that we strongly encourage participants to obviously discuss with their tax advisor and to help them have all the facts. We also provided a frequently asked questions flyer that had a QR code that you could access via the direct mail postcard. So that, I believe, was a significance to the, um, to the board given their dedication to the retirees and, and, and them being subject um, to uh, RMDs and the opportunity to not do so. So that is my update on the Roth conversions. Are there any questions on that before I move on to the essentially last pillar? Excellent. Uh, so I will tie these two together because we do, uh, we did work uh, very closely uh, with Voya in launching a very successful uh, 2023 National Retirement Security Month. Uh, but before I go into the deck, which I will cover quickly, um, I want to share with the board that um, the idea of holistic financial planning um, has been in place for a while. Um, I remember even when I was at Schwab, we were trying to figure out ways to connect the system so that participants could see, let's just say, their Chase Bank account, you know, after they logged into their Schwab account. Or you have things like Mint that aggregates all your external accounts so you have a one single view. It seems like Voya is also now hopping on that bandwagon. And so now through the Voya website, they are, what, they are launching what they're calling um, a dashboard, where in this way, you can now connect an outside account so that you can actually see all your dollars and therefore you may be able to make some changes to your asset allocation knowing where you have money elsewhere. So this is all part of the holistic planning, you know, financial planning um, goal, and that is something that they are launching out in mid-December. If the committee would like more information on that, I believe I had included um, a VOYA dashboard as well in the materials that you are welcome to go through. 
And the last thing that I have for the committee, and thank you so much for your patience, is what Ms. Armanino has put on the screen. It is basically our results. The last time I spoke to you, I was telling you about the kickoff of the campaign, and I'm happy to share with you some preliminary results um, and share off the top of my head um, actually how it compares to last year and how we've improved. So, Ms. Armanino, if you could actually forward um, to um, slide five. Next. I'll keep going. Here. This is great. Thank you so much. So this is basically capturing, you know, how many people have accessed our site, and it actually shows you as well what the topics people are interested in. So obviously our, our retirement FOMO um, live presentation received the most clicks. That seemed to be really popular. Again, FOMO stands for fear of missing out. That kind of theme really seemed to resonate well this year. So we're looking to see if we can continue with more sort of on-topic, catchy phrases to sort of instill people to take action. Uh, the number that you see here for the number of page views, you see about 1,500 or 1,600 in total. Last year for 2022, we had about 1,200. So that's a nice little bump there that we've got. We move on to two more pages. We'll go to the email results. Thank you. Uh, this here, commissioners, is what I'm particularly proud of, and you should be too, um, of, of how engaged our participants are and what happens when you partner with other city departments to get the word out. So what I'd like to draw your attention to is you have the email column, the delivered column, and then you have the open column. That's basically when we track people who take the time to open an email. And what you can see is you can see the number of people who've opened it. For the cybersecurity email that was sent on 1010, we had an almost 71% open rate. Mm -hmm. That that's unheard of. People would kill for these types of uh, open rates. Um, and so we were really, well, first of all, cybersecurity is very important. Um, and then um, also the fact that we've had such, such high um, open rates demonstrates the level of engagement uh, uh, our, our participants have. Comparison to last year, again, you can see the overall average open rate is about 66%. And if you compare that to last year, it was about 56%. So we've improved our open rate with this new marketing campaign by 10%, which I think is rather uh, significant. Yeah. Um, if we move on to the next page quickly, um, these numbers are blank here. They're still pending. So this is when we actually uh, take a look at the account um, and the actions that were taken. So we have to go into each account and figure that out. So that will take us a little bit more time, and hopefully I'll be able to give you some final numbers um, at the end of the year. And I think we won't have to go through the entire deck. I think a lot of it is self-explanatory. Um, but what I would like to share with you is the second to the last page, Ms. Armanino, which is basically the uh, survey comments that were provided. Uh, so here you can see some of it. It was overwhelmingly positive. Um, and I was really, really delighted to see that. Um, we had so many people come to us and ask us to do more. Um, and they even asked us, oh, can we uh, 
go back to uh, the um, verbatim page, please. Yes, this one here. Um, and it was great for them to hear this information. Um, and we want to make sure that we factor in this, this feedback. Um, I also want to share with the committee that I was delighted to see some of these folks. There was almost 80 people, and they came from all over the city. And when I mean all over, I mean from like Cesar Chavez General Hospital, or they would take the bus, the Rec and Park folks would come in, and they would actually take action. Um, and I always felt uh, I have a, a natural affinity to the Rec and Park folks because I am a resident, and so I see them out there working all the time. But I'm trying to find ways for us to get this webinar out or seminar out into those locations to make it a little bit easier for them. As you know, they are going on their own time from 12 to 1, and they're choosing to spend it with us. So that was one thing that we really wanted to take away. Um, and then finally, the last thing is, as part of our NRSM campaign, we had a webinar that was basically about caregiving. Uh, the sandwich generation of those who are taking care of their elderly and also taking care of their children, and also what options are available for those who have um, uh, folks with special needs in their family. Mm -hmm. So that was um, a, a uh, very popular topic, and Commissioner Driscoll had suggested us to pull together something that was on demand so that folks could watch that webinar uh, without having to come to the uh, uh, seminar, and that is basically conducted through the VOIA Cares Group. So happy to announce that we are working on that and working on the script, and um, there seems to be a genuine interest in that uh, from the team. So I will report back when it is when it is complete. The virtual aspect of it is is expanding in terms of um, desire to have more. Or, yes. Okay. So, yeah. um, is the actual presentation shortcutted or hampered? in our existing um, location of doing business? No, no. I would say that as we are preparing to pull together a webinar that can be accessed on demand, we will want to provide the full experience as if somebody had also attended the webinar. When you say access on demand means they can watch it any time. Correct. Yeah. Okay, because you have some that are not access on demand, but they're, they're a set time, correct? That's correct, Commissioner. Okay, because here's a suggestion you asked a moment ago. Um, not every department, for, for example, SF General might be the one place it couldn't be done, but every, certain of the departments have locations where they have conference rooms and they may have screens where they could pull up their webinar off the computer if people want to sit there during lunchtime. That's right. And maybe you've already tried to contact the department heads to let them know that. And some departments are more agreeable to our presence uh, than others. Yes, they are. Whether they, the department head should be the first one to attend the meeting, but that's you're, you're on it. Thank you, Diane. But I, I'll, I'll chime in on it. It's a great tool because if you're trying to get people back to the office, and that tends to be more universal now than it was, having that 
in the office if they have facilities. I mean, we're, I'm doing that. And, you know, ha having a lunch or whatever, or, or just having the interaction with their, their fellow colleagues mm -hmm. is a real positive in terms of the, how we do business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, and when you're going in with good, good numbers that you've got and good services and good swag bags and all that stuff. <laughs> using it. But anyhow, it, it, I, I think it's a great thing to expound, expand on. Thank you. That concludes my presentation. Commissioners, any comments, questions? I'll bring it up here then. At the uh, one of the live sessions at the library, the presenter at one point, and I apologize for not calling him right away, but he then said the participants' goal should be a 12% savings rate. And I was, well, I'm just wondering whether or not we should be endorsing that or talking about why did you say that, considering our members, most are contributing Social Security, plus our contribution rates are up at the 10 level. Well, that, he said it, I'm not trying to get out of context, that's a very high number to give members as a goal. If they can do it, great. But for, but he almost put it out there, this is what you need to do. And I don't think we ever stated what the replacement goal is. But I don't know if you can follow up with them. But it was a great session. People are very happy, and the reviews sort of show that. But that's a, one thing he said, and I, obviously I left the room before it was all over, but if you try to follow up on that one. You know, I, I just want to, yes, you're, you're right. I think the 12 to 13% seems to be the general rule of thumb. And I, I don't know if, if, if Greg, can you, can you touch on that a little bit? I, I agree, obviously, with the sensitivities of 27% of our salaries already being gone before we even talk about DCP. Um, but Greg, can you talk a little bit more about that percentage? And yeah, I, I believe that. I can't speak for him. I wasn't there, but it, yeah. that does sound like an industry kind of goalpost, and it's a bit more aspirational because um, there's you can't get time back, so you want him to push as perhaps you can fill up with Mr. Bastian and his manager who said it. Okay. Yes, yes, that was uh, uh, Matthew Smith who did the presentation. And one final note too, because I have been following the, uh, the board today, um, I believe that there was the uh, military BIPAC uh, that was approved. I just wanted to inform the committee that there is the possibility of people using deferred compensation puns for those military buybacks. So we may be seeing some outflows on the DC side uh, that was going to the DB side to buy back time. Um, we'll report back, you know, so that we continue to, you know, track those numbers and to see where else we can continue to garner contributions from, but that is going to be an impact that you should be aware of. Okay, any other questions, comments? If not, thank you very much. Thank you. Greg. Thank you. Thank you. Madam Secretary, do you want to call for public Thank comment? Thank you, guys. Thank you. We have no in-person public comment on this item. <coughs> A reminder to any callers to please press star three to be added to the queue. Moderator, are there any callers? Madam Secretary, there are no callers on the line. Thank you. Hearing no calls, public comment is now closed. Madam Secretary, you want to call the next item, please? Item number 17, discussion item, Chief Investment Officer's Report. Commissioners, I'll highlight a, a few things in this report. 
assets currently stand at $33 billion. To summarize performance, and I will reiterate, this is always estimated uh, when I provide these reports, but three-year performance is estimated at 7.6 percent. To put that in context, uh, over that same period, a 60-30-10 portfolio would have returned 2.1 percent. So we've beat a, a sort of standard generic uh, index portfolio uh, and also uh, exceeded our actuarial rate of return over the last three years. I want to provide an update of uh, board-approved investments. At the board meeting on April 20th, 2023, the retirement board approved in closed session an investment of up to $75 million in Altera IOS Venture 3. Um, the, a commitment of $70 million closed on October 12th, 2023. It's classified as a real estate investment within the real assets portfolio and SFER's second investment with the Altera property group. Um, I would like to highlight for the board, um, you haven't seen quite as many um, um, updates of closed deals, I think, in the last few sessions. Uh, that has nothing to do uh, with delegation or otherwise. We are still committed as we um, approve uh, uh, investments internally that once they close, we will report those to the board. We have had a number of items or, or um, sorry, investments that have made it through our very robust internal process for approval, but they have not yet closed. And when they do, they will come uh, before the board. The process is working well. I can tell you that our, our groups and our internal teams are very diligent in preparing uh, to present to their colleagues and to me uh, for approval. And we are very tough and appropriately tough in asking questions to make sure all the appropriate diligence in work and analysis is being done. Um, and one thing that probably also um, may not be evident, but I want to make sure the board knows, that that process and the diligence of our team in, in, in cases may result in us not moving forward with an, an investment. And that is an, a strong indication that our process is working uh, as well. Uh, we had a recent a case that, that um, an item came up in operational diligence operational due diligence, so not investment diligence, but operational due diligence, our team really dug in. And even though they were far along in the process when it's tempting to say we're just going to move forward, they, they dug in, they worked with consultants, advisors to understand the situation, and, and we're on pause now. So I won't talk about the specific investment, but I wanted to highlight that um, those are the things that are going on with this team um, that that give me comfort that the work is being done, and I wanted to make sure that you are uh, aware of that as well. So more to come in future meetings about uh, other deals that, that are closed and funded, um, but that's where we are today. I, I personally think that that last item is really important in terms of highlighting what the team is doing in terms of now with the delegation we're doing and just solidifying the, con the confidence level that everybody has on, we made the right decision. And that, that was great. Uh, general comment, how's the, how's the top of the funnel going? Is the, the deal flow coming in? What's it look like? I think uh, in general, um, fundraising has slowed and, and putting money to work that we've already committed has slowed. Mm -hmm. um, that said, I, I would describe the overall market and it's a very broad generalization as a focus on quality. And what I mean by that, it's managers that have done very well, 
that have a good track record and a good team are still attracting assets. And those are managers that we want to continue to partner with. And in some cases, we have an opportunity to get access to deals that, that maybe we didn't, uh, uh, or, or funds, I should say, that, that we didn't before. So that, that does put us in a, a strong position. It's true in other investments, too. I think when we, when we look for who we want to partner with, we're looking for those that um, are, are quality managers that can make quality in investments um, because that's what's going to, I think, make it through what could be a potentially challenging financial market. Um, so, so it has slowed down, but not. It, it, I think um, there's a bifurcation in what managers are experiencing and what we're seeing in the market in terms of ability to put money to work. Well, good quality managers go that well, and, and Joe's good quality decision-making is good. <laughs> okay, any questions of our CIO report? If no, not, well done. Um, let's have public comment, please. We have no in-person public comment on this item. Moderator, do we have any callers on the line? Madam Secretary, there are no callers on the line. Thank you. Hearing no calls, public comment is now closed. Next item, please. Item number 18, discussion item. Retirement board member, go to the order. Commissioners? No go to the order. Go to the order is going to be able to get around the city in the next week. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With proper ID. <laughs> okay, so the next item. Uh, we have no in-person public comment on yes, this item. Moderator, are there any callers on the line? Madam Secretary, there are no callers on the line. Thank you. Here are no calls. Public comment is now closed. Item number 19, adjournment. Next item. Item 19, adjournment. adjournment. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. TV.